intro. BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services. Here we discuss all things fitness, running, rucking, endurance, obstacle course racing, and more. Welcome to the BeastNet. Hey everybody, real quick, we've got a special message from one of our close friends, Candice. She's running a photo contest this month. Take a minute and listen to her message. Hi, I'm Candace Day. I'm a 2019 BSOCR team ambassador and local Washington State realtor. And I've put together a photo contest. It is located at gogophotocontest.com forward slash your best apocalypse outfit. The photo contest is to benefit Washington community healthcare workers and first responders who need access to supplies to help fight the current virus pandemic. So all proceeds will be going to purchase face masks for them. One supplier that will be involved in that is Gray Harbor Unders, GH Unders, and we'll be getting masks from them as well as some local community masks and then also a Spartan mask. So there's a couple of prizes. The grand prize is $100 Amazon gift card plus a $50 gift card to a local garden center and a face mask from GH Unders, which is worth $30. The runner-up will have a $50 Amazon gift card and a $50 gift card to a local restaurant of their choice. The third place is a $25 Amazon gift card and a $25 gift card to a local small business of their choice, as well as a locally created cloth mask. The theme of this, <laughs> again, is uh, apocalypse, end of worlds, you know, your favorite, think of your favorite uh, end of world movie, you know, Zombieland or Mad Max or Resident Evil for inspiration. And just collect things from around the house or order things, you know, whatever you can come up with creatively. The only restriction on it is that I ask that you don't alter the actual outfit using like using Photoshop and that you make sure to keep any like nudity or really gory images out of it. Just keep think PG-13 when you're creating your costumes. You can include your family, you can include your animals and uh, anyone under 18 must have the permission of an adult. So this is open to anyone who's over 18 years old and it's online, so you don't have to be present to win. Contest is running until May 25th. It's been open for about a week. Just looking for people to participate and jump in. I haven't had a chance to really promote it yet, so you can feel free to reach out to me on my business page, C-Day Real Estate, on Facebook or you can find me on Instagram under that as well. Uh, you can message me 360-539-7162. Okay, and let me know if you have any questions. Once again, folks, check it out. It is a post-apocalyptic photo contest where you can win yourself an awesome Gray's Harbor Unders mask. They're an awesome sponsor of some of our friends, and we'd love to see your photos and raise money for this awesome cause. Thanks again, Candace, for reaching out to us, and hopefully all of our listeners get this message. Hey, everybody. Mike here with BeastNet, and uh, on this episode, I've got Nick with me. Josie's over there. I don't know how much she's going to talk, but she's here. <laughs> so we are doing a, uh, another in-person interview, and we'll, we'll see how these mics work. So, yeah. So, Nick, how you doing? Doing all right. Yourself? I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. I'm doing... 
I don't know. This whole freaking nightmare needs to stop, but... It's I'm, not going to stop anytime soon, that's for sure. No, it's not, unfortunately. Um, unfortunately, it's not, but... So how have you been how have you been doing that? I mean, we haven't seen each other since really, I think... Since my oh, daughter's birthday. We did go out for your daughter's birthday, yeah. so which was fun. We did get to see you guys. That's actually the last time I had a beer. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably the last time I had a beer. So That's why I wanted to come see you so bad. You know? Yeah. So we could sit here in my living room and drink a couple beers and, and have a conversation. So a little different than sitting at the cabin looking at the ocean. Yeah. It was. I mean, that was oh, that was so much fun recording that one. So just sitting there, you know, enjoying that. So, so what have what have you been doing to get through this nightmare? Work. Work, yeah. work, yeah. work, work. Yeah, I, I work two full-time jobs, so I work seven days a week, twelve-hour days. You know, get up at three in the morning, get home at six thirty at night, and hang around with the family as much as possible. Try and catch up on whatever house or yard work, which is very minimal. So, yeah, I could see that. I mean, that's kind of. I've been lucky too. I've been working the whole time. Me and Amber, neither one of us have been off work yet. So, um, in fact, this week has been the busiest one in months. So I've had a class every single day. Luckily today I had one cancel, so I was I had a little bit of break. So yeah, I wish I had checked my Facebook earlier. I yeah, could have done this at two o'clock instead of you know <laughs> late afternoon. That happens. It happens. So and traffic's starting. To, people are leaving their houses more, so traffic's getting bad. Way so. too many non-essentials on the damn road. Mm-hmm. We ran into a whole bunch of that on the way here. It's one thing I do miss, honestly. For a while there, when nobody was leaving their house and everyone was afraid, I think I went from my house to Bellingham in like an hour and a half one day. Yeah. My it's commute like, yes. went from like 55 minutes down to about a half hour. Yeah. Now it's back up to like 45. Yeah, it, it is. It's, you know, there are people are starting to drive and get out there again, which is annoying. I, I don't blame them. I don't either. I, 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 I was going nuts sitting here at home. Um, luckily, I've been trying to get out and run. I mean, uh, anyone who looks at, follows me on Facebook, I've been out running as much as I can just to get outside, really. Um Anytime I have a chance with a break at work or whatever, so that's what I've been doing lately. Uh, got a forty-five minute lunch. All right, I can go two and a half miles around the block a couple times real yeah. quick. Get back into work. You know, that's really the only time I got to put any miles in whatsoever. There's no exercising for the most part. Yeah. It's really hard to get home when you've been gone for fourteen hours and tell the wife uh, you stick with the two infants while I go work out. No, mm-hmm. yeah. If I want to stay married, that that can't be a thing. So yeah, that doesn't work very well. So yeah, no, I've been, you know, luckily I like I said we've both been working, but mostly we've been working from home. I mean, both of us. I have, you know, I kind of showed you when you came in my little workout area. There's the TV right next to that, and I set my laptop up, laptop up there, and I do all my classes right there. I stand there and do class. It's pretty much the only time I put pants on. But <laughs> I mean, I have shorts on. People, don't worry. You know, Josie was here, so I had to put shorts on. But yeah. I shall left her at home. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, I mean, I've gotten to a point. I, I've, I really understand basketball shorts now and why people love them. I That's pretty much my life. I put on basketball shorts and that's it. Yeah, I, I wear shorts to work every day at one of my jobs. The other job, I'm still trying to make an impression because I've only been there a short time, so I wear pants and whatnot. But we're also required to wear a shirt uniform. and Yeah. And then we've got the whole new thing of face masks now being required. Yep. Because now we have to worry about this virus that's going around. You know, for the last three months that we've been dealing with it, oh, it was perfectly fine to come to work every day and talk to everybody. And now it's, oh, you got to be social distant. Yep. And that's that's one of the things I'm seeing a lot too. I mean, luckily, I mean, in construction, a lot of stuff was shut down, but there were still some job sites going. So there yeah, was. Like the hockey arena? Yeah. 
that there was a few of them that I would go walk and I'm like, okay. That's very you know. important to get done. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it's been, we're three months in and all of a sudden they're like, okay, you got to wear masks. <laughs> like, okay, whatever. So I have the one I keep in my pocket and we'll throw it on real quick when I walk in there and then take it back off when I get my car. So yeah. it's, in fact, that's the only reason my beard was probably longer than yours. And it was I, back in February. Yeah. <laughs> And then I had to do, I had to go do a fit testing at a hospital. So when I'm there, I had to wear a full N95 mask that fit. And the only way to do it, I had to trim everything. So I've worked with a few people where they literally come into work in like biohazard suits. They're that paranoid of what's going on. I've seen a few and it's, it's like, okay, you know, I mean, I I don't know. It's one of those things that I've tried not to go too far into it on the podcast, but I mean, it's, yeah, I, I, I will say this. I think I agree with Sweden. So, well, absolutely. It, well, I posted it on Facebook a while ago, and I got a bunch of flack for it. You, know, you have all the far left people saying how our whole government needs to be like Sweden. Got to be like Sweden. They're the best version of what government should be. Yep. This virus happens. They don't put their country on lockdown. They just ask their Sweden people is the to devil. be out there and be safe. Social distance. Don't go out if you need to. And now it's we can't be like them. They don't know what they're talking about. We have to be on lockdown permanently. Come on. Yeah, it's. It's getting rough. I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, it's been one of those, you know, really watching, you know, Benton. And I mean, this was his senior year and it's gone. Yeah. You know, I mean, every part of his senior year is gone. He turned 18 last week and Amber's family, one of Amber's uncles went around to the family and got cars and stuff and stopped by and gave it to, See, gave it to him. But enough to graduate last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it's because you're old. change for the for them now? Because, mean? you know times have massively changed since you and I graduated. Yeah. You know, there was no, we barely had AOL online, you know, yes. that's, that was like the extent of our internet. So our social media was being at each other's house all day, yeah. every day. Now they sit home, they talk to their friend who lives like three hours away playing PlayStation, Xbox, yep. what have you. So how much has it really changed for somebody like them versus how we would have dealt with it? Um, a little bit. I was actually surprised. I mean, it's you don't notice how much they really do go do stuff with their friends. He does do a lot, you know, where it was the 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 Instagram. He doesn't do Facebook. He hates that one percent. Whatever. I, I think that's <laughs> I think that's an age thing. I don't either. But it's not that I hate Facebook. It's uh, most of the people that are on Facebook hate me. Yeah. So, well, and I if, honestly, if it wasn't for the podcast, and then on my my other profile is you know for comedy, I don't think I would have it. I've got to that point. I'm just done with it. But really, to promote the podcast and talk to people and stuff, I keep it. But but he, you know, he uses Instagram and he still talks to his friends a little bit. But they he, they did go out and do a lot. They would his friends would come over here two or three times a week and hang out with him and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of that, it's just kind of you know. And they had even stuff they'd get together. He had a Smash Smash Brothers club. Okay, you know, yeah. when I was in high school, Smash Club was a completely different thing. <laughs> but <laughs> but you know. Uh, you wouldn't yeah. want your daughter to be a member. Like. No, 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 not at all. But uh, he, you know, he would do stuff and they would do, you know, after school activities. He was just getting into drama, you know, there and doing stuff like that. And it's like all that stuff. Tell him to get back on Facebook. There's plenty of drama to get back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, he'd actually, he'd uh, got a part in a play that was supposed to happen. And he was uh, kind of, I think, the narrator type, type <laughs> character. And then all of a sudden, you know, right as this all went down, it all flushed down the toilet. And it's just like, oh. That you really know, sucks. It does. Well, at least it's with horrible. something like that, he can still get into that. There's always public theater that he can try and get into if it's a hobby or if it's something he wants to pursue. Yeah. He's actually – what he's looking at is uh, going into uh, – for radio. 
uh, Greenberg College, Auburn, out here in Auburn, has a very good radio program that they've had since I was a kid. Um, a lot of my friends went through it. Yeah. So he wants to go through that because he's already getting the experience because he's on Love and Hate. He's my sound engineer on Love and Hate Radio. So How much does somebody need a degree for radio nowadays? I mean, take yourself, for example. If he's working with you on the, on the radio and he's doing podcasts and whatnot, how much does a gr- degree actually help him? Get a, it's, do, you, do you need a career at that point in radio anymore, or is I don't know. It, you know it's one of those things. But I think like he wants to turn it more into like you know use the radio uh, stuff to go more into like voiceover, voice acting, and stuff like that. So and looking uh, that kind of stuff. And it's one of those things nowadays too. Most of them they don't even look what your degree is. If you have a degree in anything, I mean, they they like oh you have a degree. Yeah, I have you a degree go. that's never gotten me a job. So that applied arts hasn't done well for me getting a machinist job <laughs> no they usually they usually doesn't so i know i'm going i'm right now i'm about six months away from having a bachelor's in op- occupational safety and health so but that's actually my career so yeah no no i went to school for the arts audio and video nice and then i worked as a machinist the entire way through and by the time I got out, any entry-level job I could find in the audio-video fields anywhere wasn't paying anywhere what I was making as a machinist. Yeah, I have friends who uh, they uh, had got degrees in teaching. And the same thing. He went to, you know, worked at a construction company during the summers. And then once he finished with his degree, he was just kind of like, um, can't I afford make, to take this pay cut. Yeah, I can't <laughs> afford to take this pay cut to become a teacher. I'm just going to continue, you know. So now he's, you know. A construction worker for the last 20 years with a degree in teaching. Yeah, I, I kind of did the same thing. I waited till I got 30 and I, I sat down and had a little conversation with myself. I said, all right, you're still young enough where you can start a new career. So you need to decide now, are you a machinist basically for life or are you going to go down a new career path? Yeah. And came to the decision, I'm a machinist for life. And it's not It's not a bad job. I don't. I actually really like what I do. Yeah. You know, I take a lot of pride in the work that I do. But at the same time, is it my passion? Absolutely not. But I... I couldn't at you know twenty five when I've got a five year old child pursue my dream and let my own child sit behind while I go concentrate on myself. I, I don't think parents should do that. No, and then they turn out like that. Ugh, I know. Hi, Jesse. <laughs> Love you. Uh-huh. Eh. But, <laughs> no, and I, no, I agree. I, and that's me. I'm actually, you know, luckily I, I, my youngest just turned 18. So that was kind of it. It's like he's turned 18. I took a... Two years ago. I was right there with you. Yeah. And then something happened. And then something happened. And then I started, the, I hit the reset button and started, and started a new family. <laughs> yeah, no, I got I got lucky. It's one of those that uh, two years ago, I pretty much just reset my career too. I was an operations manager for a demolition company, all of that. And I realized I don't like being a manager. I'm like, I like the safety side so much more. So I took a pay cut, went to a, a company that, you know, I knew I could learn a lot, you know, safety wise with. Worked there for a couple of years, and now I make way more than I did as an, a manager. So it, it worked out in the end because I got lucky. But sometimes, usually, it takes longer than that. But I was able to make it work, and you know. Right. And then once I get my degree, it's even more. So, and then on top of that, I also have a lot of people don't know. I actually have a business license for my own safety company that you know Don pretty much runs. But that's a. Uh, so for we can Does do. Does he just run every aspect of your life? Pretty much. Oh, okay. Anything that's not my actual job, but I just yeah, he's. I'm one of those. We we've had this conversation, me and Don, a couple times. I'm an idea guy, where I'm like, this is an amazing idea. I want to do this, but I'm horrible at managing them. 
So it's like the podcast. I, I for a long time I managed it, and it just I, I was getting tired of it. I didn't want to do it anymore, and I'm like, here, manage it. So now all I do is host. So I'm the idea guy. Don's the Don is the guy that you know. But you're basically, your producer, and yeah, the talent, yeah, and, and he's been talent, like talent, yeah, not really so. talent, but <laughs> but we've been like that. I mean, me and Don, we met in preschool, so it's pretty much been that way all our lives. <laughs> Where I'm the, like, this is a great idea. Here, you figure out how to make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a buddy, my buddy Josh. It's kind of in the same boat. We're great with coming up with ideas. The thing is, is he's a, he's the one that's got all the downtime. Yeah. So I give him, okay, you take care of this, this, and this, and this, and I will jump on board. And then he takes care of nothing. He's like, well, you need to do something. Well, I'm a financial backer, first of yeah. all. So for me to take a financial hit, I need you to actually put in effort for us to actually do anything. If you don't put in the effort, we're never going anywhere with this idea. Yeah. Sounds cool on paper, but until you actually get off your butt and actually put it into effect... I'm not going any further. Yeah, and that's kind of where I've been lucky with Don. Don, kind of when he took over the podcast, I mean, he, he really helped me, you know, took it to the next level so that I could step back and just host it. And like with the the James Safety Services, really it was one of those things. The last company I worked for, I did almost any training I did for them was as a contractor. So business-wise, tax-wise, it was smarter just to have a business license and have it all through that than just personally. So I did that, and then once I went to the new company, I'm like, okay, I really don't need this, except for my first aid trainer. I needed that tied to something, so I'm like, okay, let's just make James Safety Services a training center, and my first aid search stays with that. So, And then Don was like, well, since we have this, why don't we start doing classes, and I made him a trainer, and yeah. So once this is all over, he'll start doing first aid classes and stuff like that through James Safety Services. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, go so. down the same road. Uh, I used to date this guy, and... Uh, Always going, oh, I, I want to own my own coffee shop. You know, I really want your support to help me get my own coffee shop up and going. And I was like, cool, I'm ready to back you. Tell you what, you don't know anything about running a coffee shop. Why don't you get a part-time job working over at Starbucks and learn a little bit about a business, and then I will go in and help you financially. No, didn't want to. Hmm. I was a big a-hole and whatnot. You know, how dare you not support my dream? I'm like, I, I completely support you. I just need you to put in the effort and yes. actually know something because I don't want to throw money into something to have it fail, you know, in two weeks when you get bored of it. You've never actually worked as a barista. You've never ran a coffee shop. You don't know anything about it. You might start it and hate it immediately. Yeah. You know, and there goes all my money down the drain. But I'm oh, yeah. a bad you guy for wanting yeah. you to put in effort. You see that way too many times, especially like you see that with college with kids too, where kids go to college, their parents pay thousands of dollars so they can go to college. And then they get like even all the way through and get their degree and like, yeah, I don't like this. I don't want to do this. <laughs> yep. Well, why did we pay for you to do it then? So yeah. No, and I it's- I 100% paid for my education and I told Josie oh, probably get a since job. she was eight years old, if you're expecting money to be there for college, understand we're poor. Yeah. <laughs> we don't, there, there's nothing there. No. You know, you want to go to school, we'll sit down and decide if you need to actually go to school. It's kind of what I was bringing up earlier when you were talking about Benton. You know, can can you do an internship? Can you come volunteer? Is there a way yeah. to get your foot in the door? Because think about you spend four years getting your education on average before you even get in the door. And then you come in the door as a complete rookie and you start at the bottom of the you – know. yep. well, why would you spend all that time spending – Seventy, eighty, ninety, hundred thousand dollars to get an education, and then find out after you get your job, it only pays thirty six thousand a year. How are you ever going to pay off that degree? You know, you know what you won't. Yeah, so that's you need to the, sit yeah. down beforehand. Is getting a degree actually worth it? You know. No, and I agree. And that was one of the things, like with me looking at occupational safety and, and health. I mean, it's one of those that, for my industry, it is worth it. You know, and it was one of those. Part of it too was though, it wouldn't have been if I had to start from scratch. 
but I had already started a business degree years ago that I never finished. So when I talked to the school, they're like, well, we can take all of this that you did for your business degree and shove it into electives and do all this. And now you're a year away from having your, your bachelor's degree and it'll only cost you, you know, this much money. I'm like, okay, well that would be, you know, with the, the extra increase in money I should get from having the degree that'll pay it off within, you know, this amount of time. So, and for my, my industry, there's a lot of certifications you can't get unless you have a degree in safety. So that was kind of it. It's like, well, I'm so close and I would like to have that degree since I'm so close, I might as well. Yeah. You know, and it was just kind of, you know, but if it would have been one of those, like, you know, you have to start from scratch and do a full four year degree, I would have been like, yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> like, I'll just go off my, you know, but I did it the other way too, where I have experience. I'm already a construction safety professional. I teach, I, you know, I go walk job sites. I'm already an established and known, you know, safety professional in this area. And I'm going for my degree. So it's not one of those for me. I won't be one of those where I finish school and walk out. Okay, now I'm going to go on the bottom level. I'm already. You're building on top of your experience. Yeah, I'm just building on top of my experience. So for him, it's one of those. And luckily, I mean, it's a, it's an alternative or not an alternative. It's a community college. So it's not a four year. So it's not the. That's the best place to start. Yeah, it's the best place to start because most of the time what you're going to do that first year anyway is your basics. Yeah. So even then, if you're lucky, a lot of times you get stuck with just basic, basic education. Do I really need to take basic science and basic math when I'm going for an arts degree? No. What what does me knowing my times tables have to do with me, you know, learning how to run my video camera or learning how to work my audio equipment? Trust me, I know. I just had to do an algebra class and I'm like, this doesn't. And a physics. I was doing a physics class going, why? But then also what's, what was bad is I did the fitness class, then I finished it, and then I had to do go out and I teach uh, rigging and rigging signaling. And then I was going through it, and I'm like, shoot, here's half that physics crap coming right back at me in this you know rigging and signaling, trying to figure out the cranes and all that stuff. And I'm like, okay, now the physics all makes sense. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I still don't know what my English college classes had to do with me, you know, learning how to run a dat tape machine. Well, you have to be able to, you know... I don't know. Read it. <laughs> that technology is yeah. so out of date right now. Oh, it is. And I have just... a degree that's completely worthless because I, I graduated in 2005 back when we were still using beta tapes to record stuff. Yep. I, you can't even find anything beta, like, even on eBay anymore. No. It's completely out of date. Even my mini DV tapes, because that was like that fancy new technology when I was going to college. Well, mini DV is going to replace everything. And then, no, you can't even find that. Everything's digital now. Yep. You know. I have a friend, a, a good friend of mine who's, that I do the, the other, the Renerders podcast with. He has a degree, a four-year bachelor's degree in radio. He's a street team member for Monster. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of about what your education becomes worth because, I mean, I know and he does a radio is still around, but it is a dying industry. It is. Because and I mean that's why years ago you millions of dollars being spent out on talent left and right. Wow. Yeah, now it's, and now it's you have maybe one talent who's going to cover like twenty six markets. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing now. Like with where I'm at now, um, the the radio show that I do, it's all internet. There, it's not actually an FM station; it's a radio internet station. Yeah. So it's just, you know, which is cool too because I can swear like a sailor. So. <laughs> I don't care. I've been trying to keep it PG as much as I can. I I, I try. On Beastnet, we keep it PG. But on the the love and hate, we actually – the basic what I tell Benton and I tell everyone else, just don't use the F word like it's a comma. I mean, you you can drop an F bomb here and there. It's just not a comma. That's the one thing I noticed. uh, um, I was a huge fan of Tom Micus Mm -hmm. on the radio. And 
he had to take a two-year hiatus. Uh, CBS uh, dropped his contract, and he had a two-year non-compete. And so he spent the two years building his internet radio station. And when he came on the air, it was like, oh, we can say what we want. We can do what we want. And, you know, kind of expectation was, oh, there's going to be curse words left and right. And then you find out, no, people usually just talk how they talk. Every once in a while, the S word will come yeah. out or, you know, the F word will come out. But it's very few and far between. It is. And that was one thing when I first started doing the the, the radio show is – I worried about that because, you know, people, I'm like, oh, and once I tell them they can do it, now they're just going to do it constantly. It's like if you get people talking like a normal person, occasionally they're going to say it because it just comes out. I mean, it's one of those things when we're talking, it happens, but it's not, you know, occasionally you will get that person that tries to make it like, oh, I'm going to be extra dirty because I can't. Yeah. And that's like, shut up. Yep. But you always tell those who those people are the moment they start talking. Yep. It's, it's a facade. It's a persona. It's not who they actually are. You know, yeah. uh, no, even raising my own kid, uh, Joe's, you know, uh, if she runs through the house and stubs her toe on the table and falls to the ground and curses out loud, it's understandable. We make allowances. Yeah. Now, if she comes up and pats me on the back and says, hey, you old F, okay, now we're going to have issues because you ain't going to talk to me like that. Yeah. You know, there, there's a balance to raising your kid, you know. There is. And that, that was one thing I, I mean, I had, I had that at least with my parents, even with Mormon parents. My parents, if I was hurt, I could pretty much say whatever I wanted. Because I can remember one time when I was a kid, like, hopping into the house. And, I mean, I think my dad was like, you said words that I'd never even heard, you know. <laughs> and I was ready to whoop your ass. And then all of a sudden I see the blood, like, running down, you know, coming out of your shoe and down your foot. And you're like, okay, something's seriously wrong. And I'm like, yeah. And I had a piece of glass that was like a three-inch piece of glass went through the bottom of my kids. And stuck into my heel. So basically it pinned my kids to my heel. I, I know how that works. Uh, I must have been seven, eight years old. And I was tending this fire out in the woods. And <laughs> we, always, we always had fires. Yep. And a piece of wood fell out and the grass was real dry and I started catching the grass on fire. So I started stomping on the grass to put the fire out. And I ended up stomping on the piece of wood. Well, it just so happened I had a couple nails sticking out. And it had been in the fire for so long, they just melted right through my shoe, right through my foot, and it all just melted as one piece. And now I can't get this shoe off, and I'm running and screaming, and every four-letter word I could think of or that I'd heard my parents say was coming out the mouth. So. Oh, yeah. No, I had that, and yeah, my dad was a the, – the only bad part was my dad was a, a firefighter. So I never went, you know – with stuff like that, oh, you'll be fine. So, I mean, he's like, I'm laying there on the, the table, basically, and he's using tweezers to pull the, you know, <laughs> the pieces of my my sole of my shoe out of my foot. And I'm like, whatever. So, yeah. My mom was the one. She took me to the hospital if I sneezed. But oh, geez. I was that kid. I was sick when I was younger. So, anytime that I got anything, she immediately took me to the hospital to make sure I wasn't going to die. Yeah. always so, had bronchial infections left and right. Yeah. I had asthma really bad. I was actually at DOA at the hospital when I was five, so because I just quit breathing. But they brought me back. Luckily, I guess. But luckily for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I had severe asthma as a kid, which is funny because everyone's like, "And then you became a smoker." I'm like, "Shut up." <laughs> <laughs> There's no logic to that. No, that was a bad idea, and I get it. But <laughs> my decision to make. Yeah, it's Don't almost shove it in my face. Yeah, it's I almost know. three years. Almost three years since I had one. Right. So right. July 29th. Will be three years because I amazingly stopped on Amber's birthday. I was never a smoker, but I would oh. be out at the bar with friends back in the day when you could still smoke in bars, yep. and you know everybody else smoking past me. One, not a problem. I smoke one here and there, not a big deal. Oh no, I was 
for a while, I was up to almost two packs. I would smoke just like a chimney. If I, it depends on what I did. If I worked at a company where I could smoke, because I worked at one company where I could smoke inside, so I would just yeah, sit there at my desk and have cigarettes, or, you know. But now it's just yeah, I hit that point, and luckily I, I quit, and I have you know, it's been you know, like I said, almost three years. So you take the top off. That's why we put you there. Yeah. Yeah, but, not that helpful though. We know. <laughs> I've kind of been that way. Like, it drives the wife insane because I don't drink anymore, which is funny because I'm having a beer right now sitting down talking with you. But uh, I, I, I've been good too because actually, if you look on my counter, there's a, a half bottle, a half gallon of rum that's probably maybe I think it's down about three quarters empty. I bought that before the the shutdown happened. I've just haven't had a real urge to drink. Yeah, but these beers kinda, are good. Kind of the same thing. I don't have that urge anymore. I, I used to drink just because I was depressed all the time. Yep. You know, I drank because I, I lived with Josie's mom. And I like how you put the mom at the end. For a minute there, I thought it was going to stop with just Josie. but No, she doesn't drive me to drink. <laughs> yeah. There's no more punching holes in the wall or through doors. Or, you know, Life has changed a lot. It just, it's amazing yeah. what happens when you're happy that your whole lifestyle actually changes. It does. It does when you, when you hit that point. I mean, it's just, you know, yeah. you get happy. You, you, things aren't. You aren't drinking to make things go away. Yeah, but it's funny because, like, the wife, we met, and that's all we did. We we hung out and we drank all the time. And then she just spent, like, the last three years being pregnant, basically. Yeah. And She just kept taking seriously what you poked in fun. I, I worked all the time, and so, like, both fell off. Now she's finally able to drink, and she's loving her wine. I don't think we can keep enough in stock in the house. <laughs> and I we, come home, and I'm the old man going, I'm so tired, can I just go to bed? Yeah, we have a bunch of one of Amber's clients at work gives her, you know, where she works at that for Christmas gives her like a case of Riesling every year, and it's I, I think there's like a case and a half sitting under the shelf in there because <laughs> Amber she's not she'll open one and it'll take her like a week to drink it, but she opens one like once a month if that. Yeah, but it changed real fast. We did a lot of drinking in Hawaii. Oh yeah, we we had especially, fun in Hawaii, especially the night before the races. Yeah, I know that was probably those not a good back, idea. Back scratcher beers, man. Oh yeah, oh, and those back scratchers have come in so much handy. I've got one in my bedroom and one at each one of my jobs. I'm like, oh, I've never owned a back scratcher before. I didn't realize how much I needed it. Yeah, those I'm not drinks were good. The, my back on the side of the walls anymore around corners, <laughs> like a gold grizzly bear. I do it too. It, it happens. No, yeah, that was, that that was fun. That that was one of the things that was. I've been lucky. I mean, most of the times I've been in Hawaii, I've been with, you know, a, a good group. I had Serena the one year when there was a, a hurricane. Yeah. And then, you know, you you and Kim last year. And it was so much fun. I mean, just, you know, we, we raced together and we, we partied together and had fun together. So. Too bad it was so short. It was. We still got to we, we, we gotta plan this. We got to go buy a, a boat and a house in Hawaii. And I want to become Captain Ron. And yeah. if you don't know who Captain Ron is, look it up. It's amazing. Does your business need first aid, AED, OSHA, flagging, or other safety training? James Safety Services is your one-stop shop. Find them on Facebook today at James Safety Services WA and ask for a quote on hosting your training needs. Looking at those house prices, like I said, we both have to own a house and sell it. Do you have enough money? They are. Well, Amber's been, there's a, a Hawaii life on, on, on TV. It's one of the things, and they, they keep talking about, you know, Buying and the whole thing is basically about buying houses in Hawaii. It's a realtor in Hawaii, and it's like a it's a thirty minute commercial that's on every night, pretty much. But it's uh, 
there's places that you can find. I mean, as long as you don't want to live on the beach, you can find houses for, for decent prices. I can drive to the beach. That island isn't that big. No, no. <laughs> and if you go to the big island, which I don't want, I wouldn't want to go to the big island. I want to stay at Oahu and Maui, but maybe even Kauai. But the hard part is finding the work. So well, in my job, what I do... They're looking for that over there. They're always doing construction. I already look for machinist jobs there. I know right where it's at. And it's funny, too, because uh, a friend of mine, uh, he came over for my daughter's birthday the same night that you were over. And he came home, and he works at the Seattle docks. Mm-hmm. He's talking about getting a new job, being transferred over to the same marina where if I got a machinist job, we'd be working side by side. I was See? like, at perfect timing. I get everybody move all at once and... See, and Amber's all for that. I mean, it's one of those things that the only thing that's holding us back really is her dad. Because her dad's lived with us for 20 years. So we, we just got to convince him to go to Hawaii. So, As I said, we were planning uh, a year and a half ago, we were going to move to Montana. And then... Uh, I wanted we it, getting... Amber would never go for that because it's cold. <laughs> well, we were getting real close to pulling the trigger on it. And then uh, her mom came down with dementia and had to get put into an old folks' home. And then she was, I can't leave my mom. All right. And now she doesn't get to see her mom because of this whole COVID thing. Yeah. So, You know, dementia is genetic. Just saying. Hey, I'm glad that she's going to forget who I am one day. You know, probably not for her. <laughs> wow. It'll be like 50 first dates. <laughs> Except for it might only be one date. I think that was in Hawaii, too. So there we go. There, yeah, no. It was, all, it was. We were there where they shot it. Yeah. It was. So that was the fun part. And that's the one thing I'm really hoping happens is the Hawaii this year because it's, you know, and like I said, I was hoping you would go. I mean, we got to do a race together because I told you last year I made you that promise that this year I was going to work my ass off to become the the partner that you deserve, not the one that you got last year. Well, you can do that in Seattle because it's trifecta weekend in September and I'm going to need it. Uh, I'm going to die because I'm going to I'm going to be that's what two weeks after I'm done in Hawaii. Well, I had to go last year straight from Hawaii Trifecta straight into the Go Rock 50 mile course. Yeah. And I was in way better shape. I couldn't do it today. No. I, I, I got put on these new blood pressure meds and I've been maxed out on dosage. And I was telling you earlier, yeah. it, it's like having a 200 mile an hour vehicle that has a limiter stopping it at 90 miles an hour. I, I can't go. I, every time I try and get my blood pumping, I'm ready to black out and pass out on the ground. And kept talking to the doctor, and I was like, there's nothing you can do. This is who you are now. I was like, come on. No, there's got to be. And that's my thing, because I'm one of those, and I'm horrible about this. I mean, ask, ask Amber. I've, there's been a couple times the doctor's like, these are the pills you need to stay alive. And I'm like, I don't like the way these pills. You can go fuck yourself. Well, I, I've been dealing with that because I, <laughs> I had a cough for like five months, yeah. and, and I couldn't rid myself of it. And so finally I just said, I, I got to go see the, the doctor. I got to see what's going on. And I go in there, and like, Oh, yeah, we, we upped you to max dosage on those pills, and a side effect is having a cough. I'm like, well, it would have been nice to have been told to yeah. look out for a cough and whatnot because I'd just been battling it for five months expecting this to go away because it wasn't, it wasn't like I was sick or anything. It was just like this constant tickle in the back of the throat. Like, oh, yeah, thanks for you know giving me a heads up that there yeah. were side effects to look out for. I could have had this dealt with. And so we have to switch the medication, switch the medication, and side effect is weight gain. Oh, yeah, that's so, so the, like the last two and a half months, I've packed on twenty five pounds. My lifestyle hasn't changed. I'm still going out and you know, getting walks in and whatnot. You know, I'm yeah, I'm not working out, but I'm on my feet twelve hours a day yeah. working. It's not like I'm sitting on my butt doing absolutely nothing, just picking out on everything I can find. I'm actually out there. You know, when I'm not inside of a machine, I'm out there. You know, pushing a mop, pushing a broom. There's sweat coming out, and the chick next to me burping nonstop. You know, but. Thanks. 
Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> so I was distracted. Everybody's like turning and looking at you. <clears throat> I wasn't sure what was going on. I mean, it was just like. I'm trying to be quiet and polite, okay? Well, we could still hear it, but it sounded like there was an earthquake happening. Jeez, it lady. Hurt. It hurt. It looked like it was painful burp. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm kind of stuck in a hard spot right now. I can switch back and I can go back to having a persistent cough that I can't get rid of, or I can have something that makes me have persistent weight gain. And see, that's, uh, that's a tough one because it's one of those persistent cough. It's hard to run when you're coughing. If I didn't have a wife and infants, I would just get off of it completely. I would go back to how it was because. Uh, Last June, July, I'm running nine-minute miles, and I I couldn't even do a 14-minute mile right now. See, don't say much. I was happy because I hit 15 today, okay, man? Hey, progress is progress. I got four miles. It, it was 4.1 miles in exactly an hour. Yeah, right now, this week right here is usually when I start for Ragnar. I yeah. start training for Ragnar, and I usually start between 12 and 13 minutes, and I work my, my mileage down. Last year, I, I started, and I started at 10-minute miles, which for me is amazing because I had never done you know long distance averaging yeah. 10 miles, and by the end of it, I was down to 9-minute miles. Uh, this year, no. It didn't come in anywhere close. No, so sometimes I mean, we're hitting that age where you kind of do the best that you can. I, I did three miles yesterday, three miles with my dog, get home, took a nap, Woke up and it felt like I had sprained my ankle. Yeah. I was like, am I really that old that now walking, you know, <laughs> the Mona Lisa's falling apart over here. I'm telling you. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. That's And I've been, I've been, I've been having to be careful. My, my coach, Elise, keeps yelling at me because she's like, okay, you got to take it easy because I tweaked my knee. Uh, what? I guess it's been over a month now. I was helping my brother Buck Hay because he's retarded. He likes to, he, my brother's one of those, he's, he's a deal guy. So basically, what he figured out, and it's actually it's not, it's actually a brilliant plan if he would do it right, but he doesn't do it right. Um, he has to go get hay for his own horse anyway. So what he does is he goes in, he's like, okay, I'm gonna go get hay for my horse, and then has a whole bunch of other people kick in to get hay. So he ends up actually getting his hay and everything free because basically he charges everybody else for what he went right. and got them. So it works out, but he doesn't charge enough to actually make money. It's just really to cover his own stuff. So it's like, come on, you can make some money off this, but he's not that bright. <laughs> but um, while I was helping him, I ended up tweaking my knee. And so Elise keeps telling me, you know, take it easy on that knee so that you can get healthy. And I'm like, and I keep pushing it and she keeps yelling at me. So... Yeah, no, last year was great for me because I've had knee problems for years. Mm-hmm. And I'd finally worked myself to a point where I didn't need a knee brace anymore. I didn't need knee compression, nothing. No knee support whatsoever. And I was faster and lighter than I'd been in years, ready to roll. And here we are not even a year later. And I'm more soft than I was five years ago. And, and that's what's hard is, I mean, because that's what, you know, a lot of people that know my a little bit of my background is 10 years ago, I was 280 where which is where I was in February actually. I was at two eighty and then all of a sudden I started running every day and I dropped down to about one ninety. And I was running constantly and then that's what happened was, was all of a sudden I, I I pushed too hard and I did a half marathon and popped my knee while I was running. Hmm. And I finished and then I was like, Well, there's this really cool metal if I go do another half marathon two weeks later. <laughs> So I went and did a second one because it was when they did the rock and roll Portland and Seattle, the very first year of Portland, which was, I think, 2011. And so I did that. And then the two weeks later was Seattle. And if you did that, you got the Portland medal, the Seattle medal, and then the Pacific Peaks medal to go with it. And I'm like, well, I'm going to do them both. And about halfway through Seattle, my knee was just like, you can go to hell and pretty much just popped completely. And by the time I tried giving out 
And about every 50 steps or so, we would try giving out afterwards. And then by the time I, I'd finished the race, it was every about other step, it was trying to give out. And it's like, I can remember finishing looking at Amber, we need to go to the car because as soon as I sit down and stop moving, my knee's going to balloon up and I'm never going to walk again. Yeah. So, and I didn't, I couldn't run for over a year. And then all of a sudden I was 240 again and it's like, Bleh, I don't want to do this. And then started working, started working to get back into it. 2015, I was getting there and then all of a sudden, Hey, let's smash your foot with a ladder. <laughs> and then I just kind of. I never came back from that. And then it's been a lot of this year has been different. Um, in January, I mean, most people know I kind of shed a bunch of, you know, people and groups and just kind of said, I'm done with all of this. And doing that took a huge weight off my shoulders. And now all of a sudden Your I can feel great. Uh, well, I can do what I want. Yeah. And I just go run and I'm dropping the weight. I'm over 30 pounds lighter than I was in February. And it's just, I'm not, I'm not yeah, doing that, by the way. You lose it, I gain it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm not doing it for anyone but for- not doing it for anyone but me now. So it's like you know, I don't care. You know what? You know, I can do whatever I want, and I don't have to worry about any of the the groups I used to be in saying, "Hey, you can't do that. It looks bad on us." You know, whatever, whatever looks bad on me, it looks bad on me. The rest of you can go lick my balls. Do you like the beast net? Do you want to keep hearing it? Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more at BeastNetPod. There you go. I take that in my day to day life. Yeah. Just, I learned that I learned that phrase from Nick pretty much. If you don't like how I am, lick my balls. Yep. So I yeah, did it. A lot of people don't like me. He tried, I didn't. <laughs> so uh, a buddy of mine he said, Nick, you're like liverwurst. People either love you or they hate you. There's no in between. There's no somebody that's kind of okay with liverwurst. They <laughs> no. love you or they hate you. There's no in between. No. Yeah, I, I find just like liverwurst, most people hate me. And after a while, you, you learn to not even think twice about what somebody thinks about you. And that was my problem. A lot of time I worried way too much about what other people thought. Now I'm just like, nope, I am who I am. If you don't like it, like I said, lick my balls. Yeah. I mean, Most of the time, if somebody doesn't like who I am, it's somebody that actually doesn't know me. No. Because once you get to know you, you're, yeah. yeah. Like, oh. He acts he, all he, gruff, he's, but he's not. I don't even think I act that way. I have that look. I've had yeah. a few people like, oh, you look like that. You were going to whoop my ass when I first met you, and you're like a giant teddy bear. Yeah. I, I can't help what you well, – you just stereotype me just by looking at, oh, you're – well. Well, because when I first met you, you did have a beard that was halfway down your chest with skulls hanging off of it. So, I mean – Yeah. That's going to come – Literally. Well, one of my closest friends who's terrified of my dad when they first met him. That was and good planning. Over like within like a month, they would see him more often, know him more often. They're like, "Your dad's not that scary." No, no, not on average. But I no. get there real quick. <laughs> it's only the boyfriends that you have to worry about. Then you know that's when you make sure to clean the gun when they're looking and you know point it at him a few times. And I think the best ones that ever did that was Bad Boys. Yeah, yeah. I bring my buddy oh. D over. Yeah. He's a big black man. Yeah. <laughs> he was at the party, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's the same gentleman that uh, was going to be moving to Hawaii. Yeah. No, and that, that was always, I think that was my best. And that was always one thing I was worried about with my daughter. I mean, because, you know, once they get to that age and you're like, you know, please, God, do not date a guy that has anything to do with me. Nothing like me. And then she did, and I really didn't like him either, and I wanted to bury him in the backyard. But sure, there's not many people like me, so it'd be no. hard find. No, it's like just find a guy that treats you right, not one that's you know me. Yep. Well, I didn't have to worry about that with Yosh because 
her dad works all the time and her boyfriend doesn't work at all. So. Oh, there you go. So you got the complete <laughs> yeah. opposite. Well, I mean, thanks to unemployment. And What's state. that? My, my point exactly. What's unemployment? I don't know. I've never been on it. I have once for about six months. And that was honestly, and this sounds horrible to say this, because I wanted a vacation. I, I, I had left a job and I really wasn't looking too hard for another one. I'm like, I just need, I'd worked my entire life and I'm like, I have a break. I'm going to let it go. And then finally I was like, after a while, I'm like, okay, I'm bored. <laughs> and then I got another job. So I've never taken a, a government handout. Um, back when Joseph was first born, her mom being 17. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Me being barely 20. We had all sorts of people. Oh, you, you guys need to get on WIC and you need to get on food stamps. and you. Need to get, I was like, no, 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 no. Because once you get on that, you're hooked on that. You depend it upon it. And it's hard to get off. Oh, absolutely. We lived in a three-bedroom apartment with five other people. My daughter's bedroom was literally our closet. We, we <laughs> took the shelving out of the closet, shoved her crib in there, and shut the door. There, you got your own bedroom. You yeah, know. you know how it works. She's a closet baby. That, 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 <laughs> ex- that explains some things. But, but yeah, no, we, we did everything we could. We worked you know, multiple jobs each. We worked opposite shifts. Yeah. We worked opposite schedules. You know, if, if I work days, she worked nights or vice versa. Or I work weeks and she works weekends. Just whatever we could do is like, we're not that hard up. We are. Don't get me wrong. We, yeah. we live in a three-bedroom house or apartment, not a house, with, with five other people. You know, and our daughter lives in a closet. But you know what? We're not dependent upon anybody else taking care of us. And I've seen that my whole life. Uh, I had an aunt uh, married yeah. to my uncle. But my uncle owned a flower shop and... Go figure, guy in the 80s that owns a flower shop turned out to be gay, caught AIDS, and passed away. Whoa, big shocker. So her solution for the rest of her life has been to, every couple years, pop out another kid to keep that extra check coming from Uncle Sam, you know, because eventually one kid's going to get too old and move out of the house. Well, you got to keep that income coming. So after 11 kids, you know, she's still popping out. At that point, are they just coming out like it's a water slide? Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I'm going to take your word on that. Just wondering, it's just a weird question. Or you've seen other people. Dawn, you can edit that out. I, um, I, have, I have a friend where she has all the ability in the world to go out and make money, except for she lives in government housing. And you'd say, well, go go do this, and you're going to make this kind of money. And, and her immediate response is, if I do that, the government's going to take away my housing. Yeah. But you understand, you won't need that government money if you go make this money, because you have all the ability in the world to make this. And it's tough. I mean, I, I can get it with from both sides because once you get in it, it becomes a vicious cycle because yes. it's like you said, it's one of those – and I've seen people where they're, they're on one of those programs and they're like, okay, if I get a job, I can make this much money. But then when I start making that much money, they're going to take this away from me and I'll actually make less. It's like right now with the COVID. I mean, that's one of the, the – the, what the extras they're giving people for that. Amber was sitting there trying to figure out one of her employees – that's she's in charge of is actually making more than her right now sitting at home. Yeah. No, uh, at one of my jobs, they just recently laid off about three quarters of our staff and I'd never seen so much excitement Yeah, because they sat there and they did their unemployment there at the shop and they all found out they were making more money on unemployment than they are coming to work. Yeah. Now, how do you get those people to come back to work? You don't. Yeah. Unless you stop them, lower the money. So yeah, that's the hard that, part. Because you're going to... This isn't going away anytime soon. No, it's not, unfortunately. And, and like places like City of Seattle just extended uh, evictions for another six months. You can't evict anybody. Well, eventually, those people are going to want their money. They, yeah. they can't take that financial hit because we're not suspending taxes. 
No. They still have to pay all their taxes. Well, they have to get that money from somewhere. Yeah. So when when they do start to alleviate this, they're going to say, well, your rent was this, but now you have to make up for it. Yeah. So now your rent is double. Well, it's like you look at the people with mortgages. You know, I have the, the owner of the, the radio station that I'm on. We were talking about this the other day because we do the, the down the rabbit hole. On Sunday nights, we were talking about conspiracies, and we were talking about this. And he said his problem is he he owns like three or four rental properties, and he's like, if they stop paying rent, he still has to pay his mortgage, yep. and he's going to lose the houses. Yeah. So it's kind of like if you're going to you can't evict them. Yeah, you can't evict them. It's illegal to evict them. It's illegal to evict them, but I still have to pay my mortgage somehow, and that's where he's and I depend and, upon that to pay the mortgage. Yeah, he depends on their rent to pay the mortgage because he is, you know, he owns an internet radio station, which people are like, oh, he must be. No, he's not because internet radio doesn't exactly make a lot of money. <laughs> no, if it did, I wouldn't have another job. <laughs> but um, you know, he he drives a metro bus for his day job. Yeah. So it's like, wait, I have to. He basically is like, so you expect me to pay four mortgages off a metro bus driver job? No, it's not going to happen. He's going to have a harder time when we get our you know state income tax coming in. Oh, yeah. Okay. Shush. <laughs> They've already made it legal for the state. I know, I know. Supreme Court said it was illegal for the city of Seattle to charge an income tax based on income. So it opens it up as long as you charge an income tax for every income. Every city in the state, and once yeah. the cities can do it, now that opens up for our state to do it. So that's coming down the pike as well. Probably. I mean, who knows? With I, I honestly believe that's our governor's, like, I hope his he gets idea of going out the door. That's his oh, legacy he it. wants to leave upon the state. I could see it. He's, he's And I believe that's why we're shut down as long as we are. You bankrupt <sighs> enough where you finally go, listen, he just increased our budget to the second largest budget per person in the entire United States. And now you've just decreased all your tax income because nobody's paying taxes. Yeah. Well, you yeah. got to make up that money somewhere. You do. And it's going to get interesting. And that's one thing I, you know, a lot of people, and that's what I like, I keep pointing with a lot of these. A lot of people are like, well, they need to start giving us this and giving us that. And I'm like, where do you think that money's coming from? That's the problem is people say they need to give us. Yeah. They're not, if they're giving, that means they're taking from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So they, they may be giving you now, but they're going to be taking from somewhere. So well, you've got that. Lady Sawani in the city of Seattle trying to demand that Amazon become run by the government. Oh, I hadn't heard that one. Oh, yeah. She's, yeah. she's demanding her constituents to be militant about it, whatever that's supposed to mean. Well, she's the one that's tried getting them to leave anyway by freaking charging them a, the, the head tax. Well, you've seen how that worked in the movie industry in Hollywood. Yeah. We'll just keep charging and charging and charging. Well, next thing you know, you've got Breaking Bad being shot in New Mexico instead of L.A. Well, that's why, you know, Boeing's been slowly leaving the state yeah my is because the state's going and she gets charging. flown out to uh, south carolina repeatedly because she has to go there to train people how to do their job because yeah. they're flying everybody out of here and moving them over there yeah and that's why boeing's been leaving forever is because the state's been overtaxing them to a point that it's it's not financially feasible to be here yeah it's a real sad state we're in we have one side that wants to tax us to death and another one that wants to borrow to death yeah yeah <laughs> well how about we just stop paying so much? Yeah. yeah. It's one of those things. And that's one of the things that I'm, I honestly, it's, I think way too much about this now because we're watching it happen with COVID yeah. where I would and, rather. And it, it's blatant now. No, it's blatant now. There's no more like hidden agendas. They're blatantly saying, this is what we're trying to do. Yeah. This is what we want to do. And that's why I want this to be over because then it can go away. I can go back to running races. Well, that's the problem. I can go back to, you know. Because it's an invisible threat. Yeah. It's not going away. 
No, it's not because now it's it's open. It's out there. It's you know, COVID's going to be the standard of shutting things down. Now they can shut down at all times, yeah. whenever they want. They can, and that and that is it. That's one thing. Like we, like I said, in the the rabbit hole, that's where we went. We basically said flat out in one of the episodes, we're like, pretty much what this is. This is the government's way to see how far they can push us until we push back. Yeah. Well, there's cell phone data for because they're tracking everybody, and they're finding out at least forty percent of the people aren't staying home anymore. No. Well, and part of the problem you run into too is it becomes uh, any argument with having anyone. It's a circular argument because basically I can look at you and say, well. This doesn't make sense because if you look at the numbers, there's not enough people sick to make sense of this, to make this worthwhile. And they'll look back at you and go, that's because we're staying at home. Yeah. Well, it's, it's unprovable. It is. It's completely unprovable. Either side is completely unprovable. Yeah. So it's a, well, it's a giant it circular a argument. You have to open things up in order to prove one side. The other mm-hmm. side has the fact that they can say, we stay on lockdown, we stay on lockdown indefinitely, and that's why things are is because you can't disprove it. No. The only way to disprove it is to allow people to go out there. But then if you allow people to go out there, you're going to be killing your grandma. But that's the thing. You, you don't trust people enough to be normal. Yeah. You can't sit there and say, well, listen, zero to 25, it's almost impossible for you to die. Yeah. And that's an actual fact. They'll they'll try and point out one or two cases of somebody that died. And but usually there's, has, there's something that there's something else in there. Yes. So it's like you might have been zero to 25, but, you know, you were a crackhead who... Your lungs were destroyed anyway because you've been smoking crack since you were yeah. six. Or your mom was smoking crack and you've yeah. had it since birth. And But yeah, you can sit there and say zero to 25, it's almost impossible for you to die. So we're going to open it up and you guys can go back to work and live normal life. Still put on a face mask if, if needed. Yeah. Uh, do your best to social distance. Uh, 25 to 40, you have a very, very, very slim chance unless there's a significant medical condition that you already have had. We'll allow you guys to go out. You don't start seeing like an actual death rate of people until after the age of 60. Mm-hmm. Okay, so maybe we tell those people, hey, do your best to stay home. Don't leave the house. Depend on family, friends to help take care of you as best yeah. as possible. But you can't put the country on lockdown forever and a day. It's the ac- absolute opposite of governing at that point. No, it is. You're now nannying. Mm-hmm. It is, and, and I mean, that's where you run into problems. So, I mean, because everyone, of course, and they're like, well, who are you to decide that my, my grandparents get to die? I'm not going to your grandparents' house. No, and that's it. And, and that's if, where. And if you think you have COVID and you go see your grandparents, don't then you're blame an idiot. me for that. Yeah, and it's one of those things. It's really hard to argue it. It's like we said earlier with the, the Sweden. I'm honestly on the side of Sweden because look at where it's turned. Well, everybody's going to have to go down that route. All it did get it, ugly for a bit, but it, it's always going to get ugly. But then it it All flattened out is, just like we did. You, you, you listen to the people that are in charge. They sit there and they'll always say, "Oh." Germany did it right. You look you look at you look at what Germany's done. Germany locked themselves down and everything went right. Mm-hmm. Except for Germany let up their lockdown and everybody went out and there was a secondary spike. Yeah. Now Germany has to put themselves on a bigger lockdown because they've had a bigger spike than what they originally had. Yeah. So do we constantly do this? Because until we oh, until it's gonna... reach herd immunity, it's not going away. No, it's and not. What we were talking about earlier is how they've already found that this has already mutated. Yeah. There's already a worse version out that that's more contagious. So eventually we either have to work through it or wait for a vaccine. Well, this is similar to the common cold. It's a cousin of it. And they haven't found a common uh, cure no, there's for that. not. There's not even a cure for the common flu. No. So as long as this continues to mutate, this is a part of our life forever and a day. So we cannot lock ourselves down forever. No. We have to eventually send people out there and say, listen, 
maybe your every day-to-day life has now changed. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe social distancing is a permanent feature for the rest of our lives, but it's not the only feature. No. And there's got to be ways that we can open everything up and still do things. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, I've honestly, I mean, I don't know anyone who watches my Facebook, but I haven't been so great about this. We've still been doing, we had a workout here, you know, the other weekend. We've done runs. We we go out and do stuff because it's like we can't. We're social animals. The human being is a social animal. You can only keep us locked up like this for so long. Well, it's also hard when the people in charge, you have the mayor of New York shuts all gyms or whatnot, and then he's found inside of a gym on his own. And then his justification is, oh, well, um, as mayor, I need to stay in shape. Or you look at the Chicago mayor, that she puts everything on lockdown, no haircuts, no nothing, and then she's found getting a haircut. And, well, as a mayor, I need to have – okay, so yeah. there's exceptions to your rules because it pertains to you. Your lifestyle shouldn't change, but everybody else should put their yeah. lifestyle on hold. You have to start from the top down. And yep. if you're not willing to live – you know, go back to the mayor of New York – no unessential travel. Then he's caught walking in a park that's 12 miles from his home when there's parks closer to his home. Yeah. And that's what you run into with a lot of it, too, is it's just, you know, people so aren't. is this as bad as you want us to believe, or is it not? Because you find all the exceptions to your – look at our own governor. Every time he goes on press conferences, oh, that hair's been cut. Oh, yeah. His makeup's been reapplied. I haven't so had a haircut in years. He's just talking about um, uh, Oh, no, I, I shaved that. <laughs> oh, I've been hoping Amber was supposed to get waxed, but we don't know. Um, <laughs> don't, don't wax it. I've heard stories. Um, but, uh, you know, it's my gym, the gym that I have down here in Piop. Mm-hmm. They actually sent out an email, you know, right after the last time when he said we're extending this through the end of May. They sent out an email to all of us that said, hey, you know, come exercise your right to protest because we're opening. So whether they say we can or not, we're opening the doors. So we're not going to start charging memberships yet, but we are going to open the doors so you can come exercise your rights to protest. When you do this stuff, you're actually creating criminals. You are. Because these common people can't sit there and stay Mm -hmm. home. They can't be, you know, indefinitely locked in their own homes without due process. Yeah. And that's what this is. You know, when you initially came out and said, listen, we need to, we need people to stay home for a couple of weeks because this virus is known to last for a couple of weeks on certain surfaces. The population got behind it. All right, we'll do our best. All right, well, two months in, what's going on? Oh, yeah. we're, we're still indefinitely. Why are we indefinitely? You look at a place like uh, South Dakota. Nope. They didn't lock down at all. Now, granted, they have a way smaller population. Yeah. If you look at our overall death rate throughout the whole country of this, it's very minor. It is. With the exception of New York. If you took New York, just New York City, not not New York as a whole, because the outskirts of New York, I'm telling you, Buffalo, it doesn't have the same death rate as no. you know, Manhattan. So, Which makes you really wonder, what the hell is happening in New York? Well, they they didn't lock down as early as they should have. No. You know, and... But technically, didn't we lock down the day after they did? Yeah, and we were the epicenter where the things began. But we're, yeah. also, we're, we're sparse compared to New York City. But then they also, they weren't stopping down their, their subway system. And they weren't stopping down their subway system at night to clean everything top to bottom. They just started doing that this week. This has been going on for months. Yeah. You know, they haven't taken the proper precautions, so they actually stand out. If we actually remove them from the count of the the nation as a whole, the nation as a whole, we're, we're top of the board. Yeah, we have more infections ever, than everybody. We're testing more than everybody. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I, I've had a couple arguments with people where they've sat there and they're like, you know, look at this place. You know, because they had, you know, protests or whatever, look how many more people they have, you know – infected i'm like but how many more tests they do let me see that information and that's kind of me i'm one of those ones you know 
I've always been one. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. No. I'm neither side. I'm more of a middle of the road. Like, I, I, I lean both ways on different things. Yeah. But I think for myself and I want data. I, I think most people do live on both sides of the aisle. You know? Yeah. I, and I want I'm data. I, I'm a libertarian at heart. I, I disagree with a lot of ideals on the Republican side. I don't want them to tell me who I can marry and, yeah. you know, who... I can send my property to when I die. I don't want them telling me how or the things I can hear on the radio or the things I can watch on TV. And it's all stuff that they they propagated for years on end. At the same time, I don't want somebody else telling me how racist and transphobic and everything else I am and how evil this country is as a whole. I say, okay, there is a middle ground. There is. You have to accept the good and the bad in this country. And you can find a candidate that you agree with that doesn't necessarily agree with you 100%. The whole idea of, oh, because one side is blue and I'm I'm a Democrat, I have to vote for that person. No, you don't. No. And when we put out narratives like, uh, vote blue no matter who, okay, well, if your two candidates were Stalin and Hitler, according to your theory, you have to vote for one of them. Is that where we're at as a country no. now? No, it's absurd. It is. The, the, the two-party system is horrible. It is. Um, I know a lot of people keep talking about getting rid of the electoral, electoral college. I have never agreed with that because it really does. I mean, if you really look at the math, that makes basically – if you win New York and California, you've won everything. Yeah. And so, they shouldn't dictate what happens to no. the entire country. Well, it's, you know, you look at Washington and Washington. Really, how many people in eastern Washington have been trying for years to split the state in half? I don't blame them. Because if you live in eastern Washington, I lived in Pullman for a while. And there are so many things that we had to pay for in Pullman and everything else that had nothing to do with us. But Seattle had yep. voted and they won. Yep. And and that's what it is. If Seattle wins, get, they win, the state wins. You get Pierce... King County, you've basically won. Yeah. If you add Snohomish on top of that, you're guaranteed to have won. You're it doesn't guaranteed. matter what the entire rest of the state does. Yeah. Uh, I have people, um, you know, I, I'm i pushing for uh, Tim Hyman at, to be our next governor. And I think he might be the first person in 30 years to actually have a chance to overthrow a Democrat for our governor's seat. He's not a Republican. He's, no. not. He, he's not. He's actually not served in office at all. But he has put le- legislative... Yeah, uh, laws and whatnot for yes. us, and he's gotten them through working with both sides until and, they say we can't get the car tabs. Yeah, well, yeah, it's funny how uh, Gary Locke—that was our Asian governor, correct? Yes, yes. <laughs> when th- when this same thing got pushed through back then, and the state didn't want it, him as governor said, "You know what? The people voted for it. I'm going to enact it regardless." Yeah. Not this governor. No, not this one. So, no. And it's one of those. And that's the other thing that's I think, bothered me on a lot of this is the whole COVID thing is so turned political that it's like you didn't have to take care of your people. Yes. Whether you're Republican, Democrat, whatever, take care of the people. You know, And that, I think, became the biggest part is it became a political debate. And it's like this isn't a political debate. This is – Well, it's because you have certain groups that sit there and say open up the country 100%. Which I, I don't agree with. No. I, nobody should be going to visit my mother-in-law right now. You know, she's stuck no. in an old folks home and whatnot. She's at the age where if she caught it, she's probably going to pass on. So, no, we shouldn't open up 100%. We shouldn't lock it down 100% either. No. And we haven't. You can't sit there and say, oh, a place like Boeing can be open up 100%. You know, they can have 30,000 people working together. But the barbershop that has three people that work six feet apart, that's illegal. 
And that's where I've had a big problem with a lot of it is, is you look at, you know, like when they, they shut everything down, they're like, okay, you can do this, but you can still go to McDonald's. <laughs> well, that's essential. I mean, I, I need not, a McMuffin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and amazingly, actually, through this whole thing, since they've shut down, we have literally, we ordered Chinese once. And that was for for Ben's birthday. Yeah. Other than that, we've pretty much been cooking from home, doing everything like that. So we've been doing good. I mean, there are a few places I'd like to go. There's a, a really good place right around the corner that we went to right before everything shut mm-hmm. shut down. That you know, I was good. But I mean, it's it's Ooh. honestly, if I'm going to go order food, I want to go sit down. I want somebody else to do my damn dishes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I say our life hasn't changed. We, we cook almost every night. Yeah. I think. We've had pizza at the house three times because Josie went out and bought it and said, I'm buying pizza for the house. Other than that, we're 100%. We I have not had food. pizza since this, shut, this shutdown happened. And I pizza pizza is my <laughs> – that is my, like, sin food. That's what I love. But I just – Well, my, mine is tacos, and we got about 150 pounds of hamburger meat right now. So Nice. Yeah. Have you seen the pictures? No, I need to see yeah, pictures of tacos. If you ever get on Facebook, look at it. We've been doing – um. Chicken, chicken tacos. So, and basically making Amber makes really good, like they're almost like street tacos. Right. Like, you know, she makes them, she boils the chicken and then, you know, ends up, nice. She ends up frying, <laughs> frying the, you know, kind of frying it with the, 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 all the seasoning and all that to make some really good, you know, street, ta- street style tacos. So, right yeah. Yeah, no, I, I usually eat like a burrito for lunch and it's simple. It's just a little bit of meat and cheese. Wrapped in a tortilla, nothing special. Uh, breakfast is usually three eggs and a little bit of bacon and sausage. So, you know, when it comes to that, that lifestyle hasn't changed. And then come home and have a family dinner. Yeah. We've been trying to do good. We do um, most weekends I'll end up cooking some kind of soup, chili or like a, a clam chowder soup or something like that that ends up going in the fridge. And that becomes like my lunches and stuff for the week since I haven't been going to work. I've been, you know, working from home most of the time. Yeah. Um, and then just, I like omelets. Like today I went, we have these like chicken stick things that are kind of like a pepperoni stick, but they're like a lot less fat and stuff in them. Yeah. And I took one of those, cut it up and some cheese and threw a couple eggs into my little, you know, dicer thing and made an omelet. So, so, cause a lot of people saw my omelet that like, that's burnt when I put it on Facebook. I'm like, that's not burnt. There's cheese on it. It's cheese. Yeah. Can't make but, an omelet without cheese. No. So. I do mine with cheese and black lava salt. No, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. So it gives it an even darker texture. Yeah. Right on. Well, we're, we're almost to that hour point that Don likes me to stay at. Is there anything you want to say to our listeners? We've gone on a wild rampage of fun. So. Yeah. Hopefully I see you guys in August. I'm I mean, hoping. That, that's my next my next race date is hoping that Portland still goes into effect. I'm hoping. I, I really hope it does. I don't um, think it's going to. Shush. Sure, stop ruining my hope. I, I wish. I just the way things are going. Because remember, uh, Oregon just locked down till July sixth. But technically, Portland's in Washington. Technically, but we're in a pact with them, and with with an invisible threat that could be July sixth next year. I know. But I'm I got hoping. Crossed. I, I got. I, I, if not, uh, hopefully Seattle Spartan race goes down. Hopefully. And I mean, if not, we should do something anyway. I mean, it's one of those things I know we're not supposed to get together. 
there. But um, I haven't let this affect my life whatsoever. We we, we still but do. When you work two full time jobs and all you do is go yes. to work and go home. It's hard to let it affect. We still do life. some workouts here and stuff like that. Let me know a day. We'll find a day we can get together. I don't know if you should bring that Josie chick though. She's kind of weird. Uh-huh. But no, I gotta leave somebody home to watch the dogs. Nah, you know. I say you can bring the the little ones. Yeah, upon them. Off. I did see too. Actually, actually, what made me feel really good though is I did see the uh, the April pictures from what two years ago yeah. when you guys were the final, and I got to oh. give I got to give jo- Yoshi her uh, her medal. So yeah, that yeah. was funny. Every April race has just been miserable, and this year well, that weekend was gorgeous. It was gorgeous, <laughs> perfect and sunny, low sixty. Oh, and it's funny because my my new job, I'm literally like two miles from the venue. I said they're just. Walking out at break, looking around, going, yep, I could be running right now. I could have gone through the river. Yeah. I mean, it would have been a perfect year for it. So, And it's one of those things. It's just, you know, it is what it is. I mean, we'll move on. We'll figure out from here and kind of move forward. Just let us know that the Seattle's going to look like April. (laughs) Ah. It's And that's what, I'll be honest. I've gotten arguments with people about this. That's why I love April. The April Spartan. Because it is so much different than the, 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 you know, September. Mm -hmm. And you never know. It could be a complete downpour. It could be what it was. And so. it always changes the September course because mm-hmm. all that mud hardens over that six months. Yep. And then you go through there, and now it kind of looks like Sacramento where you might roll your ankle every two steps. With well, you know, it's like if, you, if they moved it, and a lot of people are like, oh, they should move it to May or June. I'm like, if they moved it, then it's the same race as it is in September because it's dry. Yeah. So it, it has to be in April to be that just nasty, nasty mess. That's what makes it. That's why some of us have actually, I think, I can't remember which year it was, but I was actually, I think it was two minutes faster on my beast than I was on my super. Yeah. Because it was that, so that nasty in April. 2017. Probably. It would have, yeah, because that was when they did uh, the national race. Yep. So it made it even April even worse yeah. than normal. So it was even harder, plus wetter. Yeah, so. they cut the first sandbag in half right after I finished doing it. And then they did the same thing with the bucket brigade right as I finished it. They went and oh. cut it in half. <laughs> I'm like, gosh, I wish I wasn't so fast right now. Yeah. And it wasn't. I, I was fine because I'm slow. But I'm getting faster. So, I, And that's my goal. Is, I mean, you know, this year was supposed to be my getting ready and getting getting good. And then 2021, I was planning on doing an ultra and all that. So This was supposed to be my last year for endurance. And I don't know what's going to happen now. I'm not big. I've never liked the endurance. I'm not big on the endurance. Well, I've done a couple of hurricane well, heats. Things and, like you were saying, like the ultra. That's technically part of the endurance. I guess it is an endurance. but And I was going to do the ultra in Montana. That was all set and ready to go. And I'm telling you right now, I wouldn't have made it this year. I just with, with these new pills and whatnot, no, it wouldn't have even come close. I don't even know if to, I would have attempted it. We're gonna have to get you all ready so we can have some fun next year. I think what's gonna happen? Oh, we just have, have to move to, to Hawaii. Two days before the race, stay off the pills until afterwards. Take that chance. Yeah, it happens. All right. Well, I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. Yep. And uh, it was good talking to you. Mm-hmm. Um, Josie said a few things. She was here, but you know, whatever. She knows her place. She does. I didn't have much to say. Well, that's normal. So, all right. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, everybody. Real quick, we've got a special message from one of our close friends, Candice. She's running a photo contest this month. Take a minute and listen to her message. Hi, I'm Candice Day. I'm a 2019 Beast OCR team ambassador and local Washington State realtor. And I've put together a photo contest. It is located at gogophotocontest.com forward slash your best apocalypse outfit. 
The photo contest is to benefit Washington community healthcare workers and first responders who need access to supplies to help fight the current virus pandemic. So all proceeds will be going to purchase face masks for them. One supplier that will be involved in that is Gray Harbor Unders, GH Unders, and we'll be getting masks from them as well as some local community masks and then also a Spartan mask. So there's a couple of prizes. The grand prize is $100 Amazon gift card plus a $50 gift card to a local garden center and a face mask from GH Unders, which is worth $30. The runner-up will have a $50 Amazon gift card and a $50 gift card to a local restaurant of their choice. The third place is a $25 Amazon gift card and a $25 gift card to a local small business of their choice, as well as a locally created cloth mask. The theme of this, (laughs) again, is uh, apocalypse end of worlds, you know, your favorite, think of your favorite uh, end of world movie, you know, Zombieland or Mad Max or Resident Evil for inspiration. And just collect things from around the house or order things, you know, whatever you can come up with creatively. The only restriction on it is that I ask that you don't alter the actual outfit using like using Photoshop and that you Make sure to keep any like nudity or really gory images out of it. Just keep, think PG-13 when you're creating your costumes. You can include your family, you can include your animals, and uh, anyone under 18 must have the permission of an adult. So this is open to anyone who's over 18 years old, and it's online, so you don't have to be present to win. Contest is running until May 25th. It's been open for about a week just looking for people to participate and jump in. I haven't had a chance to really promote it yet, so you can feel free to reach out to me on my business page, C-Day Real Estate on Facebook, or you can find me on Instagram under that as well. Uh, You can message me 360-539-7162. Okay, and let me know if you have any questions. Once again, folks, check it out. It is a post-apocalyptic photo contest where you can win yourself an awesome Grays Harbor Unders mask. They're an awesome sponsor of some of our friends, and we'd love to see your photos and raise money for this awesome cause. Thanks again, Candace, for reaching out to us, and hopefully all of our listeners get this message. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear.